Are you ready to level up? I'm Michelle Johnson, a business coach, business owner, corporate manager, wife, mum, and a juggler of all the things. I would love to help you juggle all the things that are important to you. How do you stay calm, in control, and achieve your goals? Join me in the Mindset Corner. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Mindset Corner. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, I'll be talking to you a little bit about my business journey and what's been going on for me the last few years. Hopefully, this will give you some context into the other stories that I go into in this podcast so that you'll be able to understand where I'm coming from and what kinds of experiences have fed into my current mindset and the way that I see the world now. So... My very first business venture was actually starting a dance camp when I was in high school. So the reason I'm telling you this story is because I think it really shows my entrepreneurial mindset and how I can't pass up a good opportunity. So I was doing dance classes at this studio and I noticed that in the school holidays they would close the studio and not have classes. And so the space would just sit empty for two weeks in between while the owner was still paying rent and not, you know, making any income. So I asked her if it was okay if I used the studio space and she was so lovely. Um, She said that I could use it without paying her anything and just to try it out and see if the idea worked. And so we promoted, well, I promoted, (laughs) I promoted the dance camp to um, the students in the school and some of my friends and I think we ended up getting about 10 students each day for one week to attend all different sorts of classes during the day. And it was such a great way for me to learn about building a business. So I I had to make a website and I had a brochure that we handed out, had to handle the money and the payments. And I really had to think about how to deliver value, not just for the students, but also for the parents, because they were the ones I was really targeting And I wanted to make sure they were getting value for money. So I also included a trip to the movies on the last day so I could, you know, help them keep their kids occupied in the school holidays, which I knew from my own parents that that was difficult to try and find things for your kids to do. So I think I made about $2,000 from that first dance camp. And that just got me hooked into the fact that you could really make money out of practically nothing if you were just able to see opportunities and needs that people had and solve people's problems. So from there, that was in high school. Um, When I finished high school, I decided to do a communications degree and I really enjoyed the content, but I think after the first two years, I realized that I probably wasn't cut out for a career in public relations. While I was at uni, I did some work experience in a public relations consultancy and my main job was to call journalists and ask if they would like to do a feature article about incontinence week. And so I was just calling people over and over again, asking them if they were interested in featuring incontinence products in the magazine and, you know, being 19 or 20, that got old pretty quickly. And I was like, oh, is this really what this is? Is this the job that I, that I want to get at the end of my degree? And I mean, I really enjoy communicating with people. I enjoy marketing, but I think public relations probably just wasn't the right um, iteration for me. So 
Um, in my last year of uni, I was working at a call centre and the opportunity came up to manage the call centre over the Christmas break, which sort of fit in with my uni break as well. So it was a four-month secondment as a full-time manager and I applied for the position um, on a bit of a whim and got it. So I did the four months and then the person who was supposed to come back into the job didn't come back and they asked if I wanted to take it on full time. So in my last year of uni, I was managing this call center where we had about 500 staff. And then I would go to uni three days a week from nine till 12. And then I would teach dance classes uh, one night during the week and then all day on a Saturday. So I was definitely getting the most out of my time. And it really helped me to save quite a lot of money actually because I had no life and I was <laughs> earning money so I was able to purchase my first investment property at the end of my uni degree which was pretty cool and I guess a lot of my friends were wondering how the hell I did that and maybe that was the start of this kind of journey where I've been able to show people what's possible if you can really set your mindset in the right direction. So after I finished uni, I actually started a graduate program with the company and the first year of the program involved running a fast food restaurant, which was a little unusual, but because I didn't have any operations experience, they felt that it was really important that I understand what it's like to work from the ground up in their organization, which was a, a fast food company. And so I spent one year running this restaurant where most of my staff were 15, 16, and I had to learn everything from, you know, how to make burgers and how to do cooking to managing the team and running my own um, profit and loss statement for the business. So it was basically like running my own little business. And I really attribute a lot of my business knowledge now to that period because I was forced to really work out how everything fit together and how to make it work. So I did that for about a year and then went to work in their head office for a few years. During that time, I started a business blog called Retail Reviver, which enabled me to give retail advice to other business owners and retail operators from things that I had learned along the way. And also that then gave birth to the start of my business coaching journey. So I started with a few clients um, on fairly... Um, short contracts. So I would help people with a specific problem that they had and give them some advice. And it was a bit of a mix of coaching and consulting. And I guess what I realized was that having not run a business, it was difficult for me to really understand where they were coming from. And so I had this thing in the back of my mind of like, I really need to experience this for myself. And in the meantime, um, Shane and I got married. Shane's my now husband. And we went on a three-month honeymoon all around the world. We went to Africa, we went to London, and we sort of backpacked through Europe for a bit, Came, went to Asia on the way home, and then came home. And I think that experience just put a lot of things in perspective for us and made me realize the world's a really big place and this one company that I was working for wasn't like the be-all and end-all. So I started looking at other opportunities and I found a job which was actually a bit of a promotion um, with another company but a, and also paid significantly more. So I was like, well, I can't, can't really say no um, and went off into this other corporate management job, which I'm still in now. Um, and in that job, I work with quite big 
uh, retail teams and I coach a group of managers. So I get so much enjoyment out of helping them learn how to get the most out of their people and how to improve their business. And I really enjoy that, the coaching side of that role and being able to help, you know, help develop people. And I've had the privilege of seeing people who start in the business as their first job, who then end up in management roles and going into corporate management as well. So yeah, that's really rewarding for me to, to know that I'm helping other people in their career development as well. So after about five years working for that business, uh, Shane and I got a little bit of itchy feet and decided to start looking at business opportunities. So we didn't really have a specific business in mind, but we just started kind of looking at what businesses were for sale, kind of like how some people would just look at real estate. We would just on Friday night, you know, have a wine and look at what businesses were for sale. So we actually didn't end up buying a business through like classifieds or looking in that way, but it did give us a bit of an education about what was important to look for when we were buying a business. So our first business that we bought was actually an aquarium business. So it's a retail store and a maintenance business, like in-home maintenance. And we went into that business sort of by accident um, when Shane had started going into the aquarium business to buy things and got to know the owners and um, heard that they were selling the business. And so we looked into it a little bit more and decided it was a great opportunity. And so, yeah, we went headfirst into it. Shane had a six-week handover with the current owners and then he pretty much looked after that business on the day to day and then I would help kind of in the background to do administration and payroll and things like that so it was um, a bit of a baptism of fire I think but we were just really honest with everyone about what we knew and didn't know so if I was working in the business one day and I was dealing with the customer and they said you know asked me a question about I don't know, South American cichlids, and I had no idea what the answer was, I would just say, oh, look, I don't know, but I'll find out for you and I'll get back to you before the end of the day. And then I would make sure that I did exactly what I said. And people were really happy with that. They were happy with the honesty and they were happy with the level of service that we gave, that we did, you know, get back to people when we said we would. And so... Yeah, that was a really great experience and a real confidence builder to know that like we can get involved in something where we have no idea what's going on and really learn on our feet and learn from the people around us. So we hired a few people who really were experts in the business and we were able to learn a lot from them. And also just really listening to our customers. Um, They would tell us what they needed and then we would go do the research and try and come up with the best solutions for them. And that knowledge compounds over time so that now five or so years later, we've, we've amassed a huge amount of knowledge that we can give back to our customers. And, um, yeah, it's, it's like so rewarding for us to, to see now look back five years and see that we, we didn't know anything and we were able to really turn that business into something where we could employ other people. So we have five staff in that business now and, that gives us a lot of a lot of personal sort of pride to be able to create a business that's strong enough to maintain employment for people and to give people a really great place to work um, where they feel valued and, and important. So, yeah. 
so after that, um, we, about 18 months after we bought the aquarium business, I was on maternity leave and um, I was working on and off in the aquarium business, helping out. I had Lachlan with me when he was a baby. So I was like sometimes feeding while there were customers there and trying to help someone while I was trying to change a nappy. And it was this whole juggling act. Um, but again, I was like, oh, I can do these things that are difficult and I can do things at the same time and still be successful. Anyway, an opportunity came up on our, you know, usual uh, business searches where we found a hair salon that was for sale. And in typical Johnson fashion, we had no idea about the hair and beauty industry, but we didn't think that was a problem. So we had a look at the numbers and we, it was a fairly low purchase price. It was pretty much like the cost of a fit out, but we knew that the the owners before the current ones had have run a really successful business there because it was local to us. And so we thought if all of the location factors could be successful, then we're pretty confident that we can do the right thing inside the business in order to build it. And so we bought the Glam Hair and Beauty business and we went about hiring staff. So I interviewed a whole lot of um, hair stylists and beauty therapists with really no idea whether their skills were actually good, but I was really just interviewing for people who had the same outlook as we did and similar motivation and drive and that sort of view of customer service of wanting to delight and inspire our customers. So we hired a team of people and started trading in the business on the first day, I think we had zero appointments in the appointment book in the calendar. And so we got all the stylists and everyone on the phones calling people who had previously been to the business to invite them to come in for like discounted services or free services just to show them what we were doing. And we really upped our social media game in that business and tried to build a reputation online. We we kind of thought of our shop front as being online on social media more than the actual street front. So we hired people and we really invested time in getting to know the industry. So we spent a lot of time with our suppliers and we hired a business coach to try and help us understand what was realistic for the industry and what we could expect from our people and how, how hair salon businesses work to be successful, I guess. And having a business coach made a huge difference because they really knew the industry. Like we were really comfortable that we could manage the staff, that we could understand the profit and loss, that we could, you know, see opportunities in the business. But having someone who's able to tell you what's realistic or what other people are doing um, in a way that's not sort of anti-competitive or sharing industry secrets or anything like that, but just really helps you to get an idea of what, yeah, what successful businesses in the space are doing. So that was, yeah, that was a really cool experience. And uh, so we're still running that business now um, and we employ a team of seven. And yeah, that business has gone from basically nothing in the appointment book to supporting employment for all these people. And I'm super proud of that. So this year um, I've started this journey with the Mindset Corner, as you know, since you're here. And the reason that that came about was after I studied NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. 
And I really felt after doing that course that I had found my people. I was like, this, these conversations and this training is exactly how I think about relationships with people. It's exactly how I think about my own mindset and how I have control and a choice about how I act and my physical state in different situations. So I definitely found this real fascination with mindset and the power that it can have and how I can help other people by using the tools in NLP and other coaching tools that I've picked up along the way to really help people understand more about themselves and really leverage their own mentality to be more successful. One of my favorite um, premises or concepts in NLP is the idea that everyone is doing the best they can with the resources that they have. And that just really speaks to me because I think sometimes you can really judge someone for how they're handling a situation or maybe you feel resentful about a situation that you've been in and how someone treated you. And if you can flip it around and think about, well, that person was doing the best that they had with what they knew and the resources that they had at that time, it really kind of takes the bite out of it and you can see empathetically what's going on for that person and you're not then so frustrated and concerned about how it made you feel. That's what it did for me anyway. So this year's really been about delving into that mindset space and after doing the course, I um, developed my first five-day course, which is um, still available now, um, which I started as a Facebook course. So I'm definitely one for just, you know, get started. Even if you don't know what the outcome is, just try something to prove the concept. And so I just put the course on Facebook, put it out to my existing network and um, had a group of about 30 people go through that course. And it, it was five days of um, video content um, to help people really assess what's going on for them during the day and try to interrupt sort of the automated processes that you have in your mind and the habits that you've created and really investigate whether that's getting you where you want to go. So after doing that, it was quite successful. I got some really great feedback and that led to me working more on a, a bigger program around this. So the Mindset Corner was born, coaching within that, within the business has started and I'm now working on online courses. So my first course, which I will say is my signature course, Frenzy to Focus, it's an eight-week program and it helps mums in business to really get control of their time so that they can spend it on what's important to them. So... That course launched at the end of last year, at the end of 2021, and I've got a few participants going through it now, and I'll be launching it again in February. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can follow along with the journey um, into February, and I'll let you know when we're launching that for the next time. If you're listening later, the course is generally available three times a year, so you can jump on themindsetcorner.com and check um, when the next launch is. So our family are now gearing up for the next part of our adventure, um, which is, and I think I mentioned this in the last episode, is a 12-month trip around Australia in a caravan, which 
might be surprising to some people, but after hearing my journey, hopefully you can see that um, I'm quite often pushed to make decisions that are maybe different to what other people will make just to um, challenge myself and learn something new and yeah, maybe just buck the status quo a little bit and do something different. So I, I really don't think we would have made the decision to go around the country with our children in a van for 12 months if I hadn't really spent that time on my mindset. And Shane's also kind of been on that journey with me. And this year has been a time for us to really think about what's important and to to look at what we're doing and to really make a conscious decision about what we want to change in our life. Um, if you've made a big decision this year, um, particularly like during the pandemic, I would love to hear about it. You can hit me up on Instagram. I'm at the underscore mindset underscore corner, the mindset corner, or on Facebook, the mindset corner, or one word. I would love to know if you've done something, um, made a big decision to reassess what's important to you and made a big change in your life. Or if you've done a big lap around Australia and you have some tips for me, please let me know where I should be going or any special equipment that you think that I should get because I would love to hear your thoughts on that. And I'm sure I'll update you in future episodes on our plans and how we're going getting ready for the big trip. Thanks for joining me today on the Mindset Corner. If you're enjoying the episodes, please share it with your friends on socials. And if you loved today's episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you choose to listen. It really helps people find the podcast. If you would like to learn more, visit themindsetcorner.com. There you can check out my current five-day course, Lost to Mind Boss, which is always available for you to lift up your mindset to the next level. Okay, see you next time and have a fantastic day.